M S W Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Yesterday, I received some just devastating news. I had someone tell me the students that I had my first year teaching, the students that I submitted paperwork for, the students who I identified as having struggled, still to this day, not been receiving services. Literally, that was so long ago. It's been so long since you submitted that. Like, what was done with my paperwork? That makes me so mad. They used it for Kindle, for the fire, I guess. Honestly, I don't know if they had s'mores with it. Like, I don't know what exactly happened, but my paperwork disappeared completely. I spent so much time doing that. You guys know, for those that are familiar, there are many pages involved with referring a child to getting assistance. You can't even just say like, oh, they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. No. You need to submit like 30 examples proving that they are struggling with X, Y, and Z, proving that you tried to fix it and proving that that fixing did not work. Right, and with that, you have to explain absolutely every reason that brought you here to filling this paperwork out. After doing all of that, you would think something would be done and absolutely nothing has been done. And at this point, it's been years. And those kids are obviously still struggling, struggling even worse now. Nothing is gonna change for them. And I am so sad and they are not the exception. This is the norm. Yes, I was just gonna say that. It's like, this shouldn't be a regularly occurring thing. But like, I remember I submitted paperwork for kids who were in kindergarten in COVID times, 2020. They were just saying over and over again, oh, assessments are really backed up because of COVID. They're really backed up, they're really backed up. Last year, I got super pissed because I got handed the same paperwork from my students, like pediatrician or something, five different times and literally had to fill it out five times and I was like what is going on at the district I went to mom and I was like listen you wrote a letter asking for services and an assessment in August it is now February and I was trying to wrap everything up before I went on maternity leave I was like your rights are being violated your child's rights are being violated and still nothing ended up getting done I referred these kids for services one of them eventually did get services but like another one has been getting referred since kinder and his mom's on board like I just can't I can't get it through my brain like why it's so hard to like follow through here you know <laughs> welcome back to teacher quit talk where we all have vintage apple headphones <laughs> I'm Fraz I'm redacted and we are here with peaches peaches introduce yourself hey y'all what'd you teach who'd you teach why'd you teach why'd you leave I'm peaches 
I began teaching a few years ago, I had tried different careers and I was kind of tired of not having a purpose and like not really like influencing change and anything. And I was just like, honestly, none of this is real. Let me go work with little people that are gonna teach me things, that are gonna keep me in touch with myself and who I can help mold into being a functioning being in society. So that's what brought me into it. I started through Teach for America. I'm so ashamed to say this. Oh my God. I hate, I hate that I'm, I was once part of that organization. This but. podcast is a safe place for anyone <laughs> that has interacted with, but now does not condone Teach Raise for America. Raise your hand if you have been personally victimized by Teach for America. Every child in an inner city school raises their hand. Literally, the inner city itself raises its hand. If you are anti-TFA, but at one point it was in your email signature, we're right, going to talk to you right. about that. We are your support group because honestly, at this point, you you probably need it but that's kind of how I got into teaching so I'm actually thankful to them because honestly without that I probably wouldn't have considered it just because like I didn't really know the steps and what it took so I was just like this seems like the right thing to do the right way to go they advertised support and they advertised having your back you know going into the district without being on your own if you need anything if you need supplies if you need mentorship, you know, they got you. I'm not going to confirm nor deny if they provided all these things that they advertised, but um, whatever. That's what got me into it. Honestly, I felt really weird because I have never experienced going into a job that did not provide me any type of training. You're talking to someone that has worked in Church's Chicken. Like, I have worked everywhere, okay? Like, I've, I have done anything. Like, the way that if I would... You... <laughs> If you compare the church's chicken onboarding process to the teacher onboarding process, church's chicken wins every time. They have got you beat. They give you an outfit to wear. Yeah. They show you how to work everything. They tell you what shoes, what temperature. Like, that is how I got my introduction into being a black girl in STEM, okay? Knowing, like, what temperature, the perfect temperature to drop the chicken. Like, hello. They give you instructions. To become a teacher, they... They tell you nothing you are going in there on your own they tell you you know in the orientation they tell you everything about paperwork and your benefits and your this and your that but nothing about curriculum nothing about what you're gonna teach who you're gonna teach mm -hmm. and then you get to the classroom <laughs> and you have nothing like when I first started teaching I didn't even know that oh my god I'm literally ashamed to say this because it's like girl I did not have any of the teacher manuals Oh, yeah. I hadn't either. even been introduced to the books that we were going to be mm -hmm. using. There were no books in my classroom. There were no books. Mm -hmm. On my very first day, there were no books. No one told me, like, listen, this is what you're going to do. Like, do you need help with your lesson plan? Like, no. I had no clue. I'm here, like, the kids looking at me. I'm looking at the kids. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we doing here? I remember going through the teacher program and thinking, like, because I didn't even go through Teach for America. I went through a program. You think that at some point you would, like, get this information. No, I emailed in July and I was like, hey, what's the curriculum we use? What's the book situation? And they were like, don't worry about that. 
don't don't worry about that you have a good summer and relax and I was like what do you mean and then I roll up and they're like oh uh, we don't have a curriculum for science so you're just gonna kind of like do what you feel and I was like I could have done that in July but okay thanks guys systemically there's nothing provided which is why every school site varies so much because I remember I had my shit on lock because I was replacing a teacher who was just switching to another school so she met me there before the first day of school and gave me access to her google drive gave me a bunch of her old posters because she was going to teach a different class so she gave me everything and she was the only person that did that and she literally just did that to be nice it's only the other teachers that do it and like then they'll try to romanticize it in your teaching program and be like you know what the most meaningful education you're going to receive is in the field so just you have fun. You can't learn it all in school. No teaching program's perfect. And it's like, yeah. Okay. The way that they are out here just setting us up to fail and then being like, <gasps> gasp when we actually do. What did you teach? I taught first and second grade, mm. which they're angels. Like they are angels. They are what you expect little kids to be. You know, if you go into teaching thinking that the kids need to behave and they need to follow rules and that you need all these different routines set in place. And then if you have all of those things in place, nothing is going to happen that is not on your lesson plan. Well, no, that's not how it goes. Like that is not how children happen. I had days teaching where I would sit at my computer and I would be moving my mouse around and a cockroach would fall on my hand, okay? There is nowhere you can put that on your lesson plan, okay? Last year in my classroom, there was a mouse. I thought that the kids were lying to me. They were like, miss, there's a mouse, there's a mouse. And then they'd all start screaming and get up off the rug and run. And I was like, stop teasing me. Like, I know there's not a mouse. Please sit down. This is so disrespectful. And then I saw it had been living in my bins. Not that being y'all pet. Like, what? (laughs) The way you gaslit all of those kids. They were like, I keep telling her that there's a mouse and she just keeps saying that there's no mouse. I literally thought they were lying, but they weren't. And then I did apologize at the end of the year. Um, It was horrible. I am dying because why did that happen to me? First of all, I was teaching one day and my class was connected to the class next to me and we shared kids. So I was teaching, you know, my kids knew that there was one voice at a time. They were very respectful so I was talking and they know that you know they have to listen I see them raising their hands like a a little frantic you know but I was like okay like you can wait until I finish my thought you know we know this so they're all being again I see it's multiple (laughs) kids raising their hands but I'm like okay like y'all gonna wait I hear a scream next door and I'm like oh my god what's happening so I go and I open the door and I'm like hey guys like are you okay like what's going on they're like oh my god I'm back I'm like, what? And my kids are like, yeah, it came from over here. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, it came from over here. They're like, yeah, that's what we were trying to tell you, that it was going like by your foot. I'm like, what do you mean it was by my foot? Like, if that is happening, I need you to get up, scream, like send smoke signals. Like, I need you to throw something at me. Like, Like, it's all those times where like, don't interrupt me unless there's a fire, there's an emergency, somebody's sick. Like, if there's a rodent in the classroom. Right, if there's a rodent, like... Like, I need to know expeditiously because you're like, as the adult in the room, I would like to be informed of all rodent behavior just going forward. The most beautiful thing that came from this was the response 
from my superiors about this matter. I brought it to their attention. Like we have a small tribe that has moved in because this wasn't the first one we had seen. This was just the one that was too close for comfort. Like, all right, you was by my foot. And they put traps in my room. Same. They set sticky traps in my room and the very <laughs> the very next day there were two on each trap no. there were like three traps or four in each of our rooms and there were at least <laughs> one per trap okay this is so painful for me i was like okay like they're still kind of like wincing by the time that i walk in the classroom and the kids walk in so they're like <laughs> seeing the light i love that they're seeing the, i have to paint the picture because i had to see it so now you gonna see it with me okay so the, ki the kids had to see it listen they're wincing they're they're like seeing the light but not all the way there so we're all like mourning for these animals because you know poor them it's national geographic right and then i was told to throw the traps in the trash i said what with the bodies on them? oh yeah yeah they were telling me to catch all these bodies and throw them in the trash me can we sue them grab them and throw them in the trash. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, it doesn't it's even. Up. I have had nightmares, okay? I have had night terrors about teaching, okay? I've been in my bed, like, sweating, having cold sweats that I have to wake up and do this all over again the next day and not know what's gonna happen on that next day. It's ridiculous that so many people are exposed like this. Like, do you know how many health risks having mice around you pose? I didn't know until I posted about it on TikTok and I was pregnant at the time and everybody was like, get the fuck away from the mouse poop. It's like old and it's like dust. They were like, get the fuck Guys. away from that. And I was like, <clears throat> oh, sorry, sorry, didn't know. Like, it's crazy. Insane. Insane. And I loved our custodians. They brought in these glue traps. I was like, I'm not checking these in the morning. Like, I, what if there is a mouse? Luckily, our mouse never got captured, and I really am glad for that. But like, those are the most inhumane. Those are the ones. Option. Those are the ones that were there. I know. Those are it's the ones horrible. that were in my class. I was so scared. Listen. Well, I hope no one listening to this finds a rat in their classroom when they get to work today. So on that note, we'll take a quick short break to hear from someone who has something to sell you. Toodaloo. We'll see you in a second. My classroom also had mold. Oh, no. My classroom had mold, too. I remember my first year teaching, I was coughing like crazy, and I thought maybe I just had new allergies because I had also moved. I thought it was my apartment, whatever. And then right when COVID happened, it just went away, and I was totally fine and not coughing at all anymore because I wasn't in my classroom. And then when I got called to clean out my room, like May of 2020, to come get all my stuff before summer, there was a thin layer of mold over every single item in my classroom. And so then I got the admin, and then when they opened the air vent to see where it was coming from. There was black mold all the way up and through the air vent, like so thick, like had to have been growing there for months and months and months. And I guess the only reason the mold hadn't like spread is because the custodians would wipe my floors and my kids would wipe my desk because when no one was in there, there was literally like fur over all the tables, over all the chairs. No Get fucking way. Get the fuck out of here. It was so nasty. Holy shit, dude. That's disgusting. First of all, it sounded like you was about to have Beckner 
Tina growing up in that bitch. Like <laughs> no, literally. And then they said they fixed it, and I was like, How do you fix this? Feels that? like something you can't fix with just cleaning. I was like, Oh, did you like replace the AC ducts? And they were like, No. It feels like you're lying, but okay. I, and then like the mold wasn't growing on the walls after that, but there was never another point in time that no one was in my room cleaning. You know what I mean? And my coughing wasn't as bad later. So I think they definitely like clean the air vents, but I just don't have confidence that that situation was fully resolved. Right. And could you have confidence when your trust is broken over and over again about shit like that? That's disgusting. I kept getting sick and I kept taking pictures of the black mold in my classroom. I kept sending it to admin and being like, yo, I need y'all to come clean this because I'm getting sick. Like I can't breathe. I'm asthmatic. You got me battling with cockroaches, with mice, with black mold. Like, listen, I am not a superhero. Okay. You got to pick, you got to choose your struggle. Like you cannot be struggling in all these areas. They send a technician who walked in my classroom and was like, Oh, I don't, I don't see any mold. So there must not be any mold. Still to this day, nothing has been done about that room. Nothing. People have been hospitalized due to this room. So I actually on the news the other night had a conniption fit when I was watching it because there was a news story talking about how a ton of schools were using COVID money for new construction projects and how the Department of Education, like the Federal Department of Education, submitted some paper saying like, hey, cut that shit out basically for schools to stop doing that. And then they had some random education expert on there who was like, I think we need to focus on learning gains and the kids being behind and then we can do construction projects later. And I literally started screaming at the TV like I was on Bad Girls Club and stood up. My boyfriend was like terrified. And I was like, you haven't been in a goddamn fucking school in years because you can't fucking learn or teach anything if the AC isn't working. All these people that are not in there saying, oh, you shouldn't use this money on construction projects. Construction projects are what create the safe learning environment. So I understand you want me to buy a little online reading textbook, but if we're all breathing in black mold, it doesn't matter if they know how to read because we're all going to be dead. Right. Mm-hmm. There is no reading in the afterlife, baby girl. Like, what do you think? <laughs> the people at the top that don't want to approve the funding, it's like, do you think we're making, like, theatrical fountains with the construction money? Like, no. We want breathable air. That seems like a pretty bare minimum requirement. We had asbestos that I drilled into the wall and released into the world. Not so. you being patient zero. Oh, horrible. So your facilities were quite literally a work hazard, but what else was going on that made you decide that it was not for you anymore (laughs) honestly you have to pick a struggle like me at any job i've ever had i have all my ducks in a row because like at the end of the day i have a job to do and like i have standards of myself right like i want to be the best i can be at whatever i'm doing i can work somewhere that the conditions maybe aren't great but the relationships i'm building are life-changing and supporting and i feel loved and i feel all the things all the good things right those relationships and that support can carry me through these difficult times. At these schools that I worked at, like I did not have any of that. At my very first school, within two months of teaching, I was called into the office to speak with admin about how I was showing up in the classroom. I'm like, how? What, what exactly does that mean? They're like, we don't think that you have like the right classroom management. Your kids don't seem to like listen to you all the time and like you smile way too much and they seem to be a little bit too comfortable and like they seem to smile too much and they're comfortable in your classroom 
they're like, let me tell you a little bit about the school to prison pipeline. That's really what I'd like you to emulate in your classroom. Right. Fuck that. They were like, you've created an environment where the kids are feeling comfortable and loved, and we would like to shut that down immediately. That's not how we do things here. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I'm two months in. You hired a new teacher, and you are expecting me to have everything that you wanted within two months. You hired a new teacher. That means put the time and work into me to pour into me so that I could become the best I could be at this position. Instead, you're telling me two months in that I'm not doing well enough, that I'm not up to par, and that if we need to have a conversation again, it's gonna be very different. Like, what do you mean? That is so unnecessarily threatening for a new teacher. What do you mean we're gonna have a very different conversation? That is so early in the year for any teacher. You have a new class. Even if you've been teaching however many years, if you have a new class and the shit's not working out in the first two months, like that's, sometimes that happens. Right, it's new every time. I don't care how long you've been teaching. Like if you have a new subject, a new grade, a new content area, anything, anything new that happens in your classroom, you may or may not struggle with that. And you may or may not need support. The fact that they had that conversation with me really tore me down because they put me in a quote-unquote coaching cycle and when they followed up with me they had me on two different coaching cycles and one of them hadn't even started like she I hadn't even had a meeting the person about this coaching cycle and when they met with me they brought that coaching cycle up and was like oh you're not up to par with this either and I'm like that hasn't even started like I have never even met with anyone to talk about that and I have never met they're not even paying attention to you but they're just out to get you is what that sounds like to me me too they had me questioning myself every single day like am i on crack i feel like it really takes a special kind of skill to somehow micromanage and then also not know what's going on like i'm really honestly impressed that they somehow did both of those things like this cannot be real you guys are telling me not to smile too much not to be too friendly with the kids quote unquote like what because i'm nice to them and because i'm not yelling all the time and because i let them communicate and talk to one another and share things with one another like what is the problem why do you want everyone to be serious and still all the time especially at an elementary level like sometimes when high school teachers are an admin are that way i can understand it a little bit more i still don't like it but i can get the logic a little more but like this is literally a seven-year-old like on what point Planet, do you think a seven-year-old can just sit perfectly still the whole day and be absorbing information? Like, have you ever met a kid? Like, I feel like we even hold kids to higher standards than adults. It's like children should be seen and not heard. We expect kids to do things that we don't even do. Like a clip chart? We would never have a clip chart for adults. It's things like that in schools that drive me crazy. I'm so glad you had an environment where your students felt comfortable to smile and be themselves. We had a great relationship. Like, I I built trust with them. I let them know that I was someone that was gonna be there for them. They could trust me and I was gonna come through for them. We used to have issues with them going to lunch because every time we would go pick up the kids from lunch, there would be, something would be missing, three fights, something would be wrong. And we just decided we were gonna have lunch with the kids. We were gonna have them pick up their food. They would come back to the room. We would bring garbage bags and we would eat together, watch a movie, watch some thing and someone tried to tell me that I was gonna get in trouble for doing that but I was like who is gonna get me in trouble 
First of all, I am single-handedly fixing the issue of the fighting, the the problems. Like, what is the what is the problem? Do you want them fighting every day? Do you want them getting in trouble? Like, they're not problematic kids, but you put them in problematic environments. You jam third, fourth, fifth, second grade all together in one cafeteria, and what do you expect? for it to come out of that. That is crazy. That environment, I hate a school lunchroom. It is the most overstimulating environment where normally things that you can just be like, yeah, whatever, because it's so overstimulating. Like if someone taps you on the shoulder, you're gonna smack the shit out of them because it's so noisy and it's so bright and there's so much going on. I find it terrible that for kids, that's supposed to be their like wind down time during the day, like kind of a time to not be engaged and relax a little bit. But I feel like, like you said, we put them in this very problematic, unrelaxing environment and it ends up being a time of the day that a lot of controversy happens. You put me under high stress all day. You give me really shitty food. You give me no water, okay? You put me in that and it's gonna be some problems. It's up and stuck with me, okay? I'm fighting. I'm gonna do what I have to do because I'm upset at this point. Like, you set me up and that is what they do to these kids. They set them up to completely fail like they did with my kids that they shoved their paperwork up their ass and didn't do anything with it. Now my kids continue to struggle and these are real lives. I remember when I was filling out that paperwork, the person that I was giving them to was like, all this paperwork? All of this? I'm like, baby girl, yes, all of this. Like, all these kids need help. What's the problem? Yes. And like at that age, we need to have all of the little artifacts, all the interventions that you've tried. What tier two interventions have you tried? Like all of these things, like what have you already done? Like right. parental communication. You have to prove that you've talked to other teachers, prove that you've talked to parents. It's no small feat, but it is like very, very necessary. And it irritates me that your school was kind of acting like my school has in the past. I was trying to fill out a referral for like a student success team meeting. I actually kind of got reprimanded they were like oh please don't put this in the system and I was like what do you mean don't put it in the system and they were like no I'll do that later and I was like but it says classroom teacher like this is the procedure like what's going on it's crazy that it's like you get kind of roadblocked and like dissuaded from putting stuff like that in because two things that got told to me that I really realized like wow this system is so fucking broken is they told me I was referring too many kids they were like you're referring too high of a number of students based on the number of students like on your rosters and and I was like, okay, so only like four of them are allowed to be disabled? Like, what do you mean too many? They also told me another time that I tried to submit paperwork for a kid. They were like, well, she's in 11th grade and no one has submitted anything for her since she finished the ESOL program in fourth grade. So we can't accept it because there's no prior documentation. And I was like, but you've also told me I've submitted too many kids. So I could see because she is struggling, not that hard, but she is struggling. So where if I was maybe her seventh grade teacher and I knew, I can only submit two kids. I'm not going to submit her because she's not struggling as much as these other kids. Like, it's set up to try and dissuade teachers from doing it. It drives me fucking And then crazy. if someone gets over that roadblock, it's like, well, you're the only one that did it. So it's just you that thinks this. So you actually are the problem because you don't believe in them. Right. And then people are like, public is the best place for kids with special needs, with special education. What has happened? 
over and over. In our dream fantasy world, they definitely do. Yeah, because I, the only place in my area that people have gotten kicked out of school for being problems is not charter schools. It's 100% public schools. Yeah. Kids, when I worked at a charter, I got kids to the charter that were kicked out of public school because they were told that they were going to a special school or a special day class and their parents moved them to charter. But people will be like, oh, charters just handpick the kids that they want. I don't know what the fuck's going on in the rest of the country. I can't speak to that. But like time and time again, I was told like, oh, you can't submit that many kids. I'm a general education teacher. I cannot assess. I cannot say shit. All I can do is refer and provide my data. Like if you don't want to assess or it doesn't go further than that, that's another thing. But like I'm going to do my due diligence here. Between you and Jesus, because honestly, like I'll tell you what happens to those kids that we submit paperwork for and nothing gets addressed. They don't learn anything. They just sit in class just not getting what they need all day, every day. All these skills add up, okay? You need the basic skills to be able to do the higher order thinking, okay? They don't get this. They're not getting any of this because in elementary school, their paperwork is not getting addressed. It's not getting looked at. So they're not getting services and then they get to middle school and then they're like, well, you, there's nothing ever been wrong with you. You just a bad kid and you just used to getting in trouble. So now nothing's different. Nothing's going to change. You're going to keep getting in trouble. And then that's just the way that's going to go. And the way that we fix this is parent advocacy. The only way shit's going to get done is if parents are informed of their rights and are assisted getting help that they deserve and are legally entitled to. I would be like, they have parent advocates at this establishment, talk to this person, write a letter, put it in writing. But if you don't have the parent advocacy piece, it all falls apart more often than not. Even when you do have the parent advocacy piece, you have kids slipping through the cracks. Of course. I mean, as a parent, there's a lot of red tape to getting help. And as a parent, you have to attend meetings at very inconvenient times of the day. You have to go to doctor's appointments. You have to do all these very complicated things that honestly people don't have time for. And if you don't follow through with the process, it just gets dropped and nothing gets addressed, you know? And you have to kind of start over every single time. And again, no one has that kind of time and no one has time to sit there and explain to each and every parent what it is that they're supposed to do. They tell you what you gotta do, but you gotta read through like 1700 pages of bullshit that's like in font size two. And then by the time you do read it, it's April and you're being told by admin, oh, well, let's touch base on this next year because it got away from us this year. And you're like, I've been doing this since November. Like, what do you fucking mean? with a new school year oh we can't we can't assess at this point in the year because um we got to collect data we're not we're and even if like you do have a parent that has the time resources energy all the things to go through all of that if your child's in a district that's as much of a shit show as the one i worked for like i had to call our hr department to get some bullshit for my taxes i had to call so many times because every single extension listed online was wrong or led to a person that was not there or had a voicemail box that had not been set up yet or was 
useful. The fact that you can't even get someone to talk to you on the phone, because even outside of education and what's right and what are people's rights, these organizations are just not being run effectively or organized. And my opinion is the most actionable thing that you can do is compile your own list of resources. Like, where do your families go for everything that they may or may not need and like do you know your state your district's practices for getting kids assessed you're gonna have to do a little bit of the legwork yourself and teach the parents what they need to do yes it's time consuming yes it's not technically your job but you gotta do it because our job is to like be there for kids and sometimes it takes a little bit of extra bullshit but it's the only way what other issues at your school made you decide like it was not a vibe the issues are never ending there were very many things that made me every single day be like oh hell no like i'm doing this shit again like this is ghetto as fuck i'm sorry i honestly i don't like to think of myself as like a pessimist i like to think of myself as someone who is positive and like looks um forward to to making things better but like it's real fucked out here i don't know how to fix it i had to remove myself because i was losing myself in that i just had to get a grip you know i sometimes regret leaving because what about my kids but every time i think about it i come to the same conclusion like there was not going to be any of me left to give to these kids they take everything they don't care about the human being behind the teacher they will take everything from you if you let them so you got to put your foot down and decide what's good for you and i will be touching kids lives in other ways hopefully i try to be involved in my community in different ways and the best way that i see myself like being involved in my community is being able to have money so i could give back so i need to put myself in a position to earn so that I can give back because it really all boils down to money like when you don't know what the reason is it's always money that's what these kids need because nothing happens in poverty I'm sorry like (laughs) very little things happen in poverty so I'm just looking forward to really try to change shit in a different way because teaching was not it in the classroom, I feel like the the ways you're able to affect change are super powerful on a one-to-one basis, but in like a greater affecting the entire school, the entire community, you're just so limited at every turn. And like you said, they take everything from you that after giving all day, you don't get home and plop on the couch and you're like, okay, I'm ready to create political action in my community. Like, shut the fuck up. Be so serious. You have 200 papers to grade. Somebody recently asked me like, how do you expect to affect change from outside the education system and it's like if we were listening to teachers from within the education system we wouldn't have the issues that we have the issues are so much higher than teachers than administrators like they're very systemic like the things that we're talking about with special education are baked into what school is and it it would be very hard to improve that system from just within your classroom alone I think like what you said it reminded me of this quote that I saw a long time ago a teacher is like a candle that consumes itself to light the way for others and basically people were like fuck 
that. Like, that's crazy. And it is. It is. But that is how it feels. And that sometimes feels like it's the expectation of us. And if you ever, like, wanted to go back to teaching, like, you could. But you're no good to your kids if you're struggling and to work feeling, like, super scared of what's going to happen. And, like, having night terrors at night. You're not even getting restful sleep. Like, you're not in a place that you can give yourself to your students anyways. You know what I mean? And honestly, the question of if I would ever, I would motherfucking rather mow the lawn with fucking a cuticle nipper okay before having to step back in the classroom and it's not the kids and i might do it but and y'all gonna have to mind your business if i do but i would much rather not because it's fucking terrible Fraz, if you could cut that audio clip, I'm going to use that if I ever announce that I'm going back to the classroom. That's what it's going to be. I would rather mow the lawn with a cuticle nipper than enter the classroom. Mind your business if I go back. Mind your business if I go back because you never know. I never say never, but fuck, they make it so hard. They do. I mean, was there a day that you were like, this is the day that I know I'm done? Or was it just when it came time to renew your contract, you were like, absolutely not. Like, how did that go that you decided to leave? Oh, no, there was a day where I was like, oh, hell no. Like, y'all got me fucked up in several ways. I was like, today is the day. Can you tell us about it? Like, I am pressing that button with all my might. Did you leave mid-year? Girl, yes, absolutely. (gasps) Tell me everything. There's nothing to tell. I clicked the button and I was done. And I was like, hey, today, it was my last day. It was (laughs) nice knowing you. Bye. Can you tell us what they did? They did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. Well, like, why did you leave? Like, fuck this. I'm, this is it. Girl. Do you want me to stop the recording? We would need several hours. It is just thing on top of thing on top of thing. Like, it Mm. was just back to back to back. But honestly, it all boiled down to, like, not considering me as a person and not realizing that I had things going on outside of being a teacher. I was also running my own business, and I was also getting my master's degree, and, like, it was a lot. The button was clicked. The button was clicked expeditiously baby god i'm so proud of you and i love that you sent the email saying today was my last day that is the biggest power move effective immediately you really said at will employee works both ways very at will you said oh y'all thought you had rights i also have rights let me exercise my rights as your employee right Uh now i got the fuck up out of there did you finish your master's yes i did congratulations master that is so cool what's it in girl education curriculum instruction like what's the education and social change i love that masters i think that's the only education masters i would consider it was it was Mm -hmm. nice um everyone in my cohort was great and my professors were amazing actually one of them inspired me to get the fuck up out of there she quit her teaching job after her toenail turned like different colors she was like oh hell no i lost my toenails that's crazy yeah isn't it crazy (laughs) the things that happen to our body when we're like under stress someone liked a video that i had posted like over two years ago the other day and i got the notification and looked at myself and i was like literally who the fuck is that she looks awful i was like someone should have checked on her i got so mad at people when they would tell me how ugly i looked last year but i know that they were right i just didn't want them to say it like shut up stop like keep that to yourself (laughs) you're like you don't think i know somebody was like you look swollen and miserable 
five days before I gave birth and I was like, literally, fuck you, okay? I know. Girl, not enough people are getting slapped in the face. That's the problem. They're not getting slapped in their shit when they say some out-of-pocket shit. Amen, peaches. That's, that's why. I actually, I think I need you to say things like that to me all the time. You saying it like that, I'm like, yeah. You know what? You're right. Like, I feel very empowered by that. You just need to, like, match people's energy and check the shit out of them. You gotta, like... I can't. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened at work the other day. Someone was mean to me, so I was mean back to them, and my manager was a little annoyed, but I was like, they were literally mean to me, so I'm gonna be just as mean back. Okay, but I, why am I like, I'm so sorry that I made you be mean to me? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so sorry that I fucking annoyed you. Like, I will change that about myself. Like, I need to go... I'm going to bring you to work with me one day and it's going to be like mass exposure therapy and I'm just going to put you in the office with all the very mean Italian real estate agents and let them just fucking scream at you and you won't be afraid of anything after that. I'm so afraid of those types of people. Dude, okay, that type of person and baseball players scare the fuck out of me. They are so mean to me. I'm dead. That's (laughs) so funny. (laughs) Peaches, do you have any other advice for the people looking to escape the class? room insight on what you think we should do to fix the classroom honestly i say get the fuck up out of there everybody run (laughs) as fast as you can and once everybody runs and there's nobody left then maybe they'll fix it maybe that is my only like i have nothing when i told y'all i was trying not to be a pessimist like i'm that's me really not trying to be a pessimist because (laughs) i really don't think that there's anything left to do that does not require people like us to put their lives on hold and forget who they are and forget their essence to give to these kids I can't ask people to do that because I, I couldn't do that myself. Because it's like you have to put in all of that just to check off the bare minimum boxes. Like you can't even get past the I'm just doing my job. Now I can affect change. Like you have to put in every fucking ounce of your soul just to be there every day and do the jam job that you can't even get beyond that to actually do what you want to do. My theory is everyone's going to leave and then it's just going to be a bunch of security guards and administrator watching Disney Plus with the kids for a couple of years. Their kids are going to be on iReady. The kids are going to be on iReady. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Learning absolutely nothing. And then once employers are like, hey, US government, we can't hire anyone because no one knows how to read. And then our entire economy collapses. That's when I think they'll have to fix it, is my prediction. I I agree with you. Once we're going to have to outsource jobs to other countries because they have higher literacy rates than us, that's when we will have to do something. Once it starts costing extra money, that's when they'll fix it. Maybe then. But for now it was so nice to meet with you guys we're so thankful you were here thank you thank you so much for taking the time thank you guys and if anyone here is looking for a sign to quit effective immediately once you park your car and walk into that school press that button this is it press that button (laughs) this was actually really empowering (laughs) it was thank you so much for joining us for teacher quit talk this week give us a rating if you liked it if you hated it this is your sign to go off grid i think (laughs) if you hated this podcast that is just the sign you were looking for to completely remove your digital footprint and i think you should listen to nature noises on (laughs) a tracks instead perfect we do have a patreon if you want us to maybe call you from a blocked number or you want to see videos of us doing very random things at seven in the morning you want to see two women who uber eats chili's margaritas at 11 a.m and are talking about their childhood trauma boy do we have the patreonic help for you bye
Have fun at Pilates. Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district. Yeah, leave her alone.